Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Embrace the Suck. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness. Ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And it's Friday, August 12th in the year 2022. Lots of things happening around the President Trump and Mar-a-Lago raid and the despicable FBI and this hand puppet of a Biden administration. We're going to get into a lot of that and a lot of the moving pieces right now as we start to enter into what I personally believe is one of the big end games in this whole event of tyrannical government versus the republic and freedom of people. Patriots, right now with all of that, the whole market and your savings and money and everything that you've worked for are at risk in this environment, and it puts a lot of stress on you. It puts a lot of stress on all of us. And it's really important right now to do everything you can to protect your wealth. That's why we have the folks at Birch Gold. Inflation is real. The CPI is at another 40-year high, hitting 9.2%. And real inflation on daily goods, bread, milk, meat, gas for your car, even rents, are at over 30%. The recession is real. If all your money is in the market or tied up in U.S. dollars, you're messing with fire. It's critical for you to take a hard look at diversifying your savings into gold and silver. That's where the professionals at Birch Gold come in. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free information kit on how to diversify and protect your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, gold is the right investment to make now. Text BARDS to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on how to protect your hard-earned savings with gold. And that's text BARDS to 989898 and get your free packet from Birch Gold. Patriots, we have got a lot going on right now, and there's a lot of things up in the air. You've seen a lot of craziness, and this week has been unprecedented in the amount of activities that have come and surfaced for all of us to see. I want to begin tonight with a discussion about the IRS, which is hiring 87,000 thugs and criminals with guns and trying to turn our tax collection, which is unconstitutional, into a Stasi state where they will do that by force. But I want you to get the magnitude of what this means when you build an army under the IRS. This piece, this piece here is by George V. Hansen. And it was written some time ago, actually, August 1993. But I want you to get the idea here of what the IRS's authorities are. Only the IRS can attach 100% of a tax debtor's wages or property. Only the IRS can invade the privacy of a citizen without court process of any kind. Only the IRS can seize property without a court order 
Only the IRS can force a citizen to try his case in a special court governed by the IRS. Only the IRS can compel the production of documents, records, and other materials without a court case being in existence. Only the IRS can, with impunity, publish the details of a citizen's debt. Only the IRS can legally, without a court order, subject citizens to electronic surveillance. Only the IRS only the IRS can force waiver of statute of limitations and other citizens' rights through the threat of arbitrary assessment. Only the IRS uses extra-legal coercion, threats, and or to witnesses to examine their taxes regularly and to produce whatever evidence the IRS dictates. Only the IRS is free to violate a written agreement with a citizen. Only the IRS uses reprisals against citizens and public officials alike. Only the IRS can take property on the basis of conjecture. Only the IRS is free to maintain lists of citizens guilty of no crime for the purpose of harassing and monitoring them. Only the IRS envelops all citizens. Only the IRS publicly admits that its purpose is to instill fear in its citizenry as a technique of performing its function. That is part of the reason they've added all of that together is why they have added 87,000 armed IRS agents, which they will begin to hire as soon as possible and phase that over the next five years. The IRS is a criminal organization. Don't kid yourself. It's owned and controlled by the deep state, the global banker cabal, and its whole intent is to keep this society from achieving great things. They hate the private sector because they don't like the idea of freedom of thought, freedom of expression, or the idea that you would spend money that they don't get their fingers into. The IRS is, without any question, one of the most dangerous organizations that exists in the United States today. And they have added to this now armed agents with the profile that they must be prepared to take these new jobs to shoot and use lethal force against innocent Americans. Be very clear. This is not a small act. It's an act of war against the United States citizenry, if people would understand what is actually happening. But that's the problem we're having right now, is people are having a very hard time embracing and grasping what exactly is going on. They're so wrapped around these various elements of fear. And as you know, last night we discussed some of this, and we went through this in the cognitive infiltration aspect of what's going on. I'm going to carry on some of that tonight. And I want you to hear a piece, which I've played before, but we're going to go more in depth to it, by Yuri Bezmanov. And this is part one of two pieces I'm going to play of his. This is a five-minute framing of the sort of issues that have been put into play over generations in this country and why we sit now at such a precipice with so many people apathetic or even not even understanding what's going on. The Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion. What do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing 
process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials, economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense, an economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis to promise people all kind of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with uh, benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. Your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, 
subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, the, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. But they may turn into the most bitter enemies of Marxist-Leninists when they come to power. And that's what happened in Nicaragua. You remember most of these uh, former Marxist-Leninists were either put to prison or one of them split and now he's working against Sandinistas. It happened in, in uh, uh, Grenada when Maurice Bishop was, he was already a Marxist. He was executed by, by a new Marxist who was more Marxist than this Marxist. Same happened in Afghanistan when uh, first there was Taraki, he was killed by Amin, then Amin was killed by Babrak Karman with the help of KGB. Same happened in, in Bangladesh when Mujibur Rahman, very pro-Soviet leftist, was assassinated by his own Marxist-Leninist military comrades. It's the same pattern everywhere. And what you can see is the cycle that they're doing here is very similar, setting this up. And the thing about th this type of a revolution, which is the and taking over of people's minds, the principle behind this is to keep the society constantly off balance. I've talked a lot about this and being very careful and be getting trapped within the bipolar discussions right here because it's very easy if you're only going to look at one party or the other party and not take a step back and start talking about bigger discussions and have a center line to this, you're going to get sucked into some real stupid stuff. When the Mar-a-Lago event happened, I wrote a piece up on our Telegram in Bards FM, uh, Bards FM Family Room, which is I made a perspective that what I thought the FBI was looking at is that they were looking for the football. Now, I had some people push back on that and say, well, the football isn't there. We've seen it somewhere else. The football or the football codes, I'm still convinced that they were looking for, probably the codes. What President Trump has done, by all indications, is before he left office, he secured the coats and the foot uh, and or the football, making sure that these nut jobs that are running this country would not be able to create a thermal nuclear war. Today, it has come out in the evidence at, in the release of the search warrant that they were looking for something that was able allowing them to charge him with espionage. Now, I want you to hear this piece from our favorite drunk, Nancy Pelosi. Pay attention to how she frames this discussion, and we'll get into it here in just a moment. Three minutes. Well, let me, uh, I appreciate your, your question, but let me respond in this way. As you probably know, uh, I have about 30 years of experience in intelligence, one of the only leaders in Congress, and as far as anybody can remember, bringing security and intelligence uh, to the office. So I watch this very carefully. Rather than some of the aspects of your question as worthy as they are, I think what is important now is to know the seriousness of what these uh, documents were about, alleged to be about. We don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll see more, but we don't want to see too much more because that might endanger uh, our security. So when we talk about this, there are laws against the improper handling of, of this material. There are laws against that. And the, uh, and 
we have to recognize that. The, this, this information, as it is coming across, and we, we don't, we'll know more later, is highly classified, well above top secret. It is, uh, again, higher than top secret. It's top secret SCI. It is, um, it's about our national security, as we are told, and we'll see how deeply it goes into that. So I think our concern is always to protect and defend. And protecting and defending means we do not uh, frivolously treat the documents that relate to perhaps, as they're saying, and we'll find out, again, all alleged at this point, I don't know any more than is in the public domain. Uh, everybody's holding it very tightly, that, that, um, that if the uh, nature of, this, uh, of these documents is what appears to be this is very serious. So I'm very serious. Yeah. I'm, I'm not concerned. Right now, it's in an arena uh, that we will see what happens next. It, it isn't. I'm not making plans about uh, congressional investigations. Let's see what the course they're on is now. Yes, Josh. Was there any brief on any aspect of this? No. No. Nothing. No. No. Just know what's in the public domain. And what's in the public domain is, uh, you know, there, there, you know, a president can declassify anything. Shouldn't be able to declassify the, the matters of this seriousness. This isn't declassified. It's just improperly handled. Now, what is it? We'll see. We'll see in the unsealing, and that may not tell us everything still because of the serious nature of all of this. Those are really important words at the end because when you charge an espionage case, you're not required to disclose everything to the public. So we're about ready, in my opinion, to walk into one of the greatest clown shows on earth. And it's going to make the previous clown show, the two impeachment efforts, look like just warm-up events. Remember what President Trump has said, that the only reason they, the only stand, thing standing between them and us is him. And on top of that, I'm quite certain that he has secured the nuclear capability so that these nut jobs can't create a nuclear war, which they would love to do, which would solidify their power on a global level. So they're going to pressure President Trump. To be blunt, they're going to squeeze him so hard that they're going to make all of MAGA and Trump country witness the, the attempted humiliation of a president. Now, I'm not concerned about President Trump's fighting, but I am giving up a major caution flag to keep calm here because there's going to be some pretty ugly things that are coming. And part of this is I would not at all be surprised if they arrest or make an attempt to arrest President Trump. Under espionage, they would have that power and they've already executed the warrant and they've already set the conditions in the narrative of the media, which means they're prepping the public for what is to come. Now, what they're trying to do in the end the end of this is to provoke a violent response from MAGA. Let me walk this cascade down because this is important to understand the criticality of what the events they've put in place. They want to provoke a, a civil war. This is their this is going to be one of their big plays here, and it's really, quite frankly, in my opinion, the only thing they have left. If they can provoke a civil war of a nature, they can then call for UN and NATO troops as they lock down the country in martial law. 
and being that our military is compromised deeply and in part compromised physically, it's not going to be an easy act, an easy issue to, it's not going to be a difficult act to happen, which is to then lock the country down in total chaos. Things are so much in disarray that they would then hope that they could bring in the foreign troops to occupy and to ultimately completely dismantle and destroy what is left of our country. It isn't critical right now that people keep their head. We've talked so much about the center line of faith, walking in Christ, keeping your eyes forward, keeping clear of this fray of the bipolar world. This is what happens when you have a bipolar world. This is what happens when people get locked into the swing of politics because it's one or the other. Right now, we have, you are going to have to, and everyone's going to have to have a trust in President Trump as well that he can handle this. And I want to play this piece from Dan Bongino that gives a perspective to that end. I had a meeting last night. You'll see in this picture up on the screen. Uh, Paul and I um, had dinner with President Trump last night for about two hours or so. Uh, I was always honored uh, to have dinner with the former president. And uh, a couple of things, you know, obviously... Yeah, I keep my conversations uh, private. You understand that, um, I'm sure. But uh, let me just get, give you a couple generalities from the meeting. Uh, folks, he, he's ready to fight. And let me tell you something. You have grossly, grossly miscalculated on the left if you think you're going to weaponize government to try to keep this guy from running for office and you think he's just going to roll over and play dead. You have grotesquely miscalculated. I put out a picture of the meeting last night. You just saw it on the screen. If you're watching on Rumble, if you're listening on the podcast, you can check it out on Rumble or on Locals or Instagram, on Facebook. I put up the picture of the thing. He is ready for a fight here. He knows exactly, exactly what he's dealing with. Make no mistake. And we have to, you're, we as a public have to have that confidence that he's ready for this. If you don't think he is, then you have to think back on the 16th, 2016 elections and forward and all that he went through, including two attempts to impeach him. And they've gone through his family and his wealth and finances with a microscope. But again, it's extremely important to understand that this is a big play here to exploit the idea that there's only one choice or another choice, because when people get boxed in, they get Reactive, And what they have been doing right now so effectively with all of this insurgency is trying to push and corral the conservative base deeper into a trap where people feel like they have no choice. There's always choices. And, in, and the critical thing here is to also understand warfare. When, unless you're getting a breach of the wall, quite literally, when an enemy is doing something like this, as difficult as it is, you have to assess where they're at and you have to let their plans play through. That is when they exploit and expose their vulnerabilities. They have, been, they have still the media. They're using this effectively. They're saturating the new message, which is President Trump is going to be charged with espionage. But I want you to think back to what we just heard from Yuri Brezhnev, Bezmanov. Remember what he said about the leftists who started and destabilize a country. What happens to them, he says? They line up on, on the wall and they're all shot. Okay. Now, I just want you to, I do not wish this on the nation, but unfortunately, this is exactly where we are. Here's what has happened. 95% of the leftists took the shot and took the booster. You see, 
we're watching right now an insurgency before our very eyes of a magnitude we've not even conceived of. And there is a fight going on and the insert and the left has already launched its attack and they've already poised to wipe out their own to clean the gutters of the people that ultimately could be the most violent against them. Our role right now is going to be very interesting because we're going to have to be very eyes focused on these events that are happening and not be reactive. You're going to have to think like a special operator. There's no emotions in those operations that they do. It's clear, it's targets, it's effective, it's accomplished the mission. And right now the mission here is to stay focused and to push through into that November point to avoid getting into a civil war. This is what they want. They want this more than anything in the world right now. They're poised for this. And we have to give some time for this system to do what it's it, it's doing. It is falling apart faster than they can control. What they have left right now is the option of pushing people to civil war. And that's to our advantage to sit back and not react while they are scrambling to provoke reactions and equally while the economy is collapsing, we're locked in, we're secure and we're going to be good sustaining ourselves for a bit while they're scrambling around trying to figure out what to do as these, as we have an increased level of deaths with the vaccine. Unfortunately, all of these events happening at once, they can't manage, and that's why they want these big events to distract people from the absolute truth. Let's listen to part two now of Yuri Bezmanov. The time bomb is ticking with every second. The disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect. Unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom and, and possibility. Okay, so what do we do? What is your recommendation to the American people? Well, uh, the, uh, the, um, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, of course, there must be a very strong national effort to educate people in, in, in the spirit of real patriotism, number one. Number two, to explain them the real danger of socialist, communist, whatever, welfare state, big brother government. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, nothing ever can help United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to uh, prison inmates. All these freedoms will vanish, evaporating in five seconds, including your precious lives. Um, the second thing, I, the moment at least part of the United States population is convinced that the danger is real, they have to force their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions, and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. Because there is no other problem more burning and, and urgent than to stop the Soviet military-industrial complex from destroying what is whatever is left of the free world. And it is very easy to do. No credits, no technology, no money, no political or diplomatic recognition, and of course no such idiocy as grain deals to USSR. The Soviet people, 270 millions of, of Soviets, will be eternally thankful to you if you stop aiding a bunch of murderers who sit now in Kremlin and whom President Reagan respectfully calls government. They do not govern anything, least of all such complexity as the Soviet economy. So basic 
two, two very simple, maybe two simplistic answers or solutions, but never, nevertheless, they are the only solutions. Educate yourself, understand what's going on around you. You are not living at the time of peace. You are in a state of war, and you have precious little time to save yourself. Um, you don't have much time, especially if you are talking about young generation. There's not much time left for convulsions uh, to the beautiful uh, disco music. Very soon it will go, just, just overnight. If we are talking about capitalists or, or, or wealthy businessmen, they, I think they are selling the rope on which they will hang very soon. If they don't stop, if they cannot curb their unsettled desire for profit, and if they keep on trading with the monster of the Soviet communism, they are going to hang very soon. And it, they will pray to be killed, but unfortunately they will be sent to Alaska probably to manage industry of slaves. It's, it's simplistic. I know it sounds unpleasant. I know Americans don't like to listen to things which are unpleasant. But I have defected not to tell you the stories about such idiocy as, as microfilm, James Bond type, espionage. This is garbage. Uh, you don't need any espionage anymore. I have come to talk about survival. It's a question of survival of this system. Um, you may ask me, what is it in for me? Survival, obviously, because unlike, I, as I said, I am now in your boat. If, if we sing together, we'll sing beautifully together. There is no other place on this planet to defect to. This interview was done in the early 90s. And he, was, he died at 53 in 1993, probably not by an accident. But you've heard the biggest piece about that is the Soviet Union obviously does not exist anymore. It's, it is now Russia, and the Soviet empire was broken financially. And the Russians then have had almost 30 years to purge themselves and to move to a more Russian-centric republic where we are now still at the beginning and baby phases where the majority of that sort of a group, communist, Nazi, it's almost one and the same these days, have now seized and are in control of this nation. We have a lot of cleanup to do. And the biggest thing that has to happen going forward, and he emphasized it, is there has to be a heavy emphasis on education and awakening. That doesn't stop. Even in these points of stress and focus, it is an absolutely critical that we continue to press forward with education and awakening. And that takes many, many forms. There is literally a smorgasbord of things to pull from with an unbelievable amount of information that's coming up, percolating into the public view without having to go deep into places of dark research or even off fringe areas like Telegram. It's now coming into the mainstream. One of those big things, obviously, is the vax. What's happening there? What's happening to people? We're seeing an increase and spike in death rates that's absolutely phenomenal. And equally, just as with death rates, we're equally seeing the increase in damage caused by this. And this discussion is happening more and more. As I am cautioning, and I'm going to continue to caution, when you start hearing people pointing the finger at the Democrats only, that's a setup for failure. All of this issue right now in the debates when we're talking about in these debates about who's responsible, everybody's pointing their finger at the Democrats. What's no one's talking about in the public view enough yet, very little in fact, are the big hands behind the scene. Larry Fink, BlackRock, Vanguard, 
Blackstone. These are the big engines behind a lot of this, and BlackRock in particular, that owns so much wealth. Remember what I told you, the day after the raid of, on Mar-a-Lago, BlackRock announced that it had, it had moved its new office to South Florida, 3.8 miles away from Mar-a-Lago, that was going to take 20% of the company's asset management there, which represented $1.7 trillion in asset management, to the office just outside Mar-a-Lago. There are a lot of things to be considering here because there's a lot of movement now from Chicago and New York and Wall Street to move their offices into South Miami. I'll be honest, that does not ring well because that is where the whole drug cartel was laundering its money in the 70s and 80s. If you ever saw the original series of Miami Vice, that was based on truth. When Sun Bank was one of the big recipients of that, they were laundering money from the drug cartels that were coming into South Miami and then moving that money into our main country. So we're seeing, again, this sort of movement and pivot down to where there's big financial centers and a lot of global interconnectivity, not for good reasons. So our country really is in a very dire straits right now. And I've been reading a lot today, obviously, and keeping kind of pace with not only the narratives, but also the patriot narratives. And there's an easy attempt right now to whitewash this. A lot of things being said that, well, President Trump has got this. They set a trap. They did this. There's no question that this was a, they knew something was coming. There's no question that President Trump is stepping up to do the role he's doing. And, and there's no question that they were looking for something that they didn't find. You've heard my theory. I think they were looking for the nuclear codes or they were looking for the football. And I think that's supported by the Espionage Act that they're going to try to, to charge against him. But they're not going to stop on this. And that means that we now, as, a, as any fight, this is where you're going to have to trust that President Trump is going to do his job and do whatever that means, but understand what is, what is at stake. So I want to frame this out in just kind of a different way for you here, which is maybe a little unsettling. When it comes to the nuclear codes, if that is in fact what they are after, my project, my suggestion, keep in mind, nobody gets them. And it doesn't matter what the cost is, it's not going to happen. So that's where you have to go back to. President Trump is in this fight now. He's going to have to rely on his own counsel, his own people, and his own wits to get through this. That's going to also require a very powerful support of the people to do their job of making sure that we continue to push forward with the information space and continue to awaken people. There is a high level of anger right now, understandably. I have it as well. Frustration. This literally needs to be converted to righteous indignation. This country is not going to solve itself through the violence that they want to promote. These people need to be brought to justice. And in the end, as Yuri even pointed out, the majority of the problem here are not politicians. It's the greedy types of Wall Street that can't stop themselves. They are constantly trying to sell off, make money, graph something for their own benefit. That's the real cancer. And that's what's led us here to the brink in such a critical time. The weeks and months ahead are very real. It's great to read the nice the nice threads about devolution or about how everything is a setup and they've got all this planned. That's great type of cue thinking that gives you the trust the plan model. Patriots, let's get real. This is going to require a very aggressive ground game in order to succeed, and it's always going to come back to the people that will make the difference. Your counties are your most important places in the nation right now. 
where you live and your county, your sheriff, your local community, they're the most important things in your life. It has to be the most important thing in your life. Because the counties need to start stepping up to realize that what's, what they witnessed down in Mar-a-Lago can happen to every single one of them. It can happen to the sheriff. It can happen to the county commission. It can happen to anybody in, this, in the county. And what they're, the, this insurgency deep state left is trying to do is they're trying to continue to fan the flames of division and hatred between the people. And they're going to dial it up. This idea of going after President Trump, even if it is a point of setting up a case and charging him with espionage, they've already done that in the eyes of the, of the court of the public opinion. They did that today. And they have seeded that and they're trying to stain him to such a degree that he can never run for office. That's their plan. And I have no doubt that there's other things going on on his side and on this side of the good republic that are good things happening that we're not seeing. But in the end of the day, we are the people living here. We are the body of the mass that, that are responsible for this nation by virtue of our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. It is a country by and for the people, not by and for a man, not by and for a military, not by and for a government. Our job then is very critical. And it is not only informational in the sense of us staying informed and informing other people, but it's activist sense of getting the counties involved in their responsibilities. That means sheriff, county commission, setting the, the boundaries that say the federal governments should not be in the counties. Every county should be setting up an absolute rule that if the federal government comes into the county and does not have the approval of the sheriff to operate there within, they are going to be arrested and go to jail. And it's that simple. And the people in the county need to understand that. The IRS in particular, they're one of the most aggressive and evil groups in our, in our government. And in the midst of all of this, in this shell game of moving around the idea of what's going to happen next, they are going to constantly keep your eyes off of the critical things that they are doing, which is building up a new army under the IRS. It is a domestic army. And this is why in, when you start to lay this out, you start to understand why they want a civil war. Because they will roll the civil war out. They will then be able to say they'll use the as aspects of the FBI and they'll start dissolving other aspects of the government, and what will assume the role of the federal police will be something like the IRS because they have unlimited authority that is outside the Constitution and can accomplish anything that they want through the squeeze of economics. A very important time to stay focused, to stay calm, to stay centered. This war is much bigger than we have ever imagined, and it has so many layers, and the issue of politics and the simplicity of voting in the fall, it doesn't, it probably won't solve a lot. But I will say this for a large part of people that still are struggling with how to even get their head around the fight, encouraging people to stay focused on the November elections has one major benefit actually, two. It, one, it creates a focal point of an action so that they are staying focused and busy in informing people and mobilizing people to be aware. That's a very important aspect. And as a byproduct of that, people that are doing that end up having conversations. People are talking and not dependent on the social media space. I would say that we can be very, in, we can expect that in the coming months, you're going to see some pretty major disruptions. There's going to be an increased attempt for censorship. There will be an increased attempt Towards, towards squeezing down on personal rights in any way that they can. 
You're going to see an increasing effort of inflation and increasing fuel costs and potentially, in, and I, I realistically increasing in, in food costs, which are the basics, food, like produce and meat and bread and milk, all the protein bases. So again, we go back to where is the mission and what's the role? And the role comes back to each one of us doing our job. It comes back to the place of making sure that you're, you have got the center point of God in your home. Faith always first. You have to be, we have to be working with neighbors and working with people that, with, about homeschooling. If you're not homeschooling, help someone else that is if you can. Help get as many kids out of the public school and into the homeschooling environments. Third one is Patriot Gardens. It is so important that you are stocking up on seeds, learning how to save seeds, and growing food, and growing as much as you can. And if you don't have an ability where you are to grow, find somebody that's willing to parse out a parcel to you. Community garden, a neighbor that has space that can't garden it themselves, sharing with that, all of these things. These are true action items that make a difference. Talking about work. Do everything you can to start pivoting away from the dependency. If you're on a government job, figure out, start figuring a way to get off of it. If you're in a corporate job, the same. Start pivoting to doing gifts and talents that you have that you can control your future, your destiny, and have a skill set that you can barter with that won't be dependent on their financial system. When we get to health, health and wellness is critical. We have to take responsibility for that. That means understanding herbalism. And as understanding good basic health things, exercise, diet, all those fundamental things that you need, getting aware of how to keep yourself healthy and strong, taking 20 minutes a day to put your feet on the actual earth, not with shoes, but bare feet on the earth. These things are tremendously powerful in the regenerative capability of our own bodies. When we deal with energy and we deal with conservation and 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 so forth, and stewardship, we have to start looking towards how we in the community can start coming together. It may need for a period of time where we're starting to have to, if, we, if someone needs to get to use a vehicle or something like that, it may mean pulling resources because of the shortage of fuel. I don't know how bad this is going to get. And I don't know how long this is going to endure. And then we have the whole issue of stewardship and conservation, being wise and stewarding of what we have, not being wasteful. Buy less. If you do buy, buy for the long term. Make sure it's something you're going to keep for a long time and not just buying for the whim and the fad. And finally, informed action. Informed action is critical because with informed action, you're not only building knowledge libraries, but we're also moving forward with keeping ourselves in, in informed and actually learning a lot about our local communities of where the big elements of change and influencers are. Now, you can take all of the same model and you can go work with your church to do the same thing, to have them. And the churches should be doing this. They should be setting aside food. They should be building gardens. They should be teaching classes. To my knowledge, very few are. So again, we have a lot of responsibility ahead here. And the role that each of us has is significant. When people are in a void of knowledge and they're in a, in a consumption of fear that they're going to have, lose everything, the first thing they're going to turn to is violence. That's a normal human behavior. That is one thing that the deep state is going to try to do is to blank out and then they're going to try to focus in on the target, which will be President Trump most likely, and to squeeze that as hard as they can to try to pop people up into violent acts so they can declare that Trump's supporters are violent extremists and that 
then they can start talking about a civil war that they're trying to provoke. That also means responsibility and communications. This is a big one. They're monitoring everything. You know that. That's not changed. It's just now they're looking for new examples. Where before they were looking for you to talk about the vax or talk about other things like that, the CDC now has pulled away all their requirements, basically saying that those who had the vax are equal to those that didn't have the vax. Why is that a big deal? Because it means they've accomplished their goal. I don't call that a win. We have too many people that have been injected now that are damaged. They're permanent. They are a permanent class of people that are going to be strapped to the hospitals and the, and the corporate medical system, which will guarantee those people profits for eternity. But they've accomplished a goal. Whatever their percentage of, inf- of infection is with their bioweapon, at least 30, if not 50% of the population has been infected. They are not giving anything. And I'm cautious to, start, to wave the narrative flag that we got this, we're, we're winning, we're so forth. We're a long ways from proclaiming victory. And the more that we stay focused in on the missions we have, the more opportune we have to develop a massive shift and a massive win. But it's going to center itself on that stability that comes only from our relationship with God in faith. And it's going to be that stalwart stability that allows us to weather the storm, allows us to lead others through it, and allows us to reset foundations and bases as need be. As I always say, you know, you're, God never wanted you to be a doormat, so don't take anything I said here to roll over and be a dead cockroach while they stomp on you and crush you. Be responsible, be strong, be clear-focused, and understand where your red lines are. But don't be emotional. That's the big one. Right now, all of this is about provoking emotion. And the target, as President Trump told us, they don't want me, they want you, he said. And that's us. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight humbled, very focused, and praying just, we begin our prayers tonight just for the strength and clarity in our hearts. There's a lot ahead And we can see the games that are starting to be played. And you've blessed us with the eyes to see, to be able to interpret a lot of the actions that are happening before us, to be able to prepare ourselves for the anticipated attacks that are coming. We know very well that much of what is coming here is to try to continue to divide us, to keep the hatred flowing between people for things that are frivolous and unnecessary. But sadly, too many people have walked away from faith. Too many people are wandering in this desert thinking that they can bear this world on their own shoulders and ignoring you. So, Father, we pray for them tonight, that they will continue to have their heart and the hardness of their hearts softened, that they'll continue to seek something that will lead them ultimately to that relationship with Christ. And to also, we pray for our opportunities for the engagement with these people to sow the seeds necessary to spark an awakening. In this time, Father, we also pray for the stability of the hand, to be able to keep a calm and level view of this world, that people will not be reactive or emotional, but rather to be clear-headed, seek the wisdom and guidance that you provide, and always be at the ready. Guide us and protect us in these times, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So as a last few thoughts on this, and this we've posted this up in Telegram. We'll continue to keep a reminder. Use, be responsible about your discussions. This isn't censorship, be clear. It is being responsible. Right now, they're looking for reasons 
to cook, to create problems and to prove things that aren't true. But if someone gets a little hot-headed or starts to talk about crazy things, we don't have any room for that. This is a mature person's fight. If you're not mature enough to handle it, then get out of it. It's going to take a lot of clarity, a lot of grounding, a lot of clear focus, and you're going to have to be able to withstand a lot of pressure. As the title of tonight's show says, embrace the suck because it's going to get there. And this is a normal warfare. There's many times, that, especially when you're dealing with counter, counterinsurgency actions, that you have to bite your tongue at what you witness in order to achieve the longer goal. We will win this. There's no question about that. But and we have the numbers and we will get there. But there's going to have to be some endured pain, not just for us, but for many, for them to realize where this world has come to. And it's at those points and those critical moments that the tide truly begins to turn. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. But keep your prayers up for the clarity and wisdom that he provides. In the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you this evening for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, 
will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 